podcast ain't played nobody your college football marriage of numbers and words uh i am bill Connolly, and i'm introducing the show but godfrey's not out he's just on the phone and we wanted the more high quality voice uh to come at you first godfrey where were you yesterday what were, were you on the road somewhere were you at home still you're on the road right i am i'm i was on the road i'm i just realized this is the third time i've done an s&p plus show from not even like a hotel like a hotel lobby in new orleans oh pretty impressive well i mean you know you're in new orleans so i mean that's that's not a bad trade-off um i know how much you know as an atlantean that you have to enjoy the good old city of oh yeah yeah well if you just if you just ignore the giant nfl thing it's a great city yeah um so how much how much that's me being positive for the holidays sure that was very lovely uh how much football did you get to watch yesterday a pretty good bit, including all of the LSU Rice game, which you know was the oh. matchup of the day. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I did. I did get to digest. It was a. Um, it was good. I, I sort of think it was better than last week. Yes. Um, it it didn't. I, I feel like we needed one more one one more wacky finish to cash I, I, in. I felt um, we needed a, an evening, basically. So, but like, I felt like I was two thirds correct. Like I, I said, it would be a pretty good day, and it was. The more the early session was great, and 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 a good amount of fun. The afternoon session was solid. We at least had Oklahoma State, West Virginia to bail us out from the fact that Notre Dame and Syracuse was terrible, uh, and then the evening was horrible. <laughs> there, it was, I get, we got to, got to one point, like around the, I don't know, the time, the second half of the, the, the seven o'clock games were kicking off. Um, I started to realize like, okay, what are my options here? Okay. It looks like old miss Vandy's going to come down to the wire. And I watched a whole hell of a lot more old miss Vandy than I thought I was going to last night. It was, it was strange to see that many people on Twitter watching a, an Ole Miss Vandy game that had absolutely no national impact whatsoever. It, it doesn't even have SEC impact. Right, no, but it was people were starving because everything else was terrible at that moment, at least until Arizona State Oregon got weird later on. Um, but yeah, like it was the that, may have been, that may have been the worst night shift, I think, yeah. definitely of the season. It may have been the worst night shift that I've seen in a long, long time, which I was trying to figure out exactly why that was, but I don't think it's anything that they did wrong or, or scheduled wrong. It just the game's sometimes blowouts, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean it's just that inevitable. Yeah, the like the second be, that the second most entertaining game to watch was Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma Kansas, which which says a lot. But no, like early on, I mean it was great. I had the laptop out every time a D two or D three or NAIA game would get down to like two minutes left. I'd I'd, I'd flip over to the streaming. I watched like you know. Muhlenberg versus Delaware Valley and Slippery Rock versus LIU Post and all this stuff. It was a good time. And you had Nebraska, you had Maryland, you had some weird games. Uh, just we have to ignore the evening. All right, you ready to do the, uh, I wouldn't say the fastest, but the most comprehensive 25 minutes sure. in, in podcasting. All right, I got that. Right, I'm You're... setting the timer this time. I got it ready. Here we go. Ready? Boom, go. All right, 25. 20... 25. Here we go. Let's start with, um, Hey, that's Miami. They beat Virginia tech. I said, this would be an anxiety game for 2019. Uh, it definitely was Miami. Uh, they look comfortable and they look good. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was good to see. Obviously. I mean, their defense was the major reason they were in control of that game. They were dominant for the most part, but, it, but Nikosi Perry still, like, he got another chance after bouncing back and forth and he looked really good. Um, I guess Mark Rick felt comfortable uh, after some better defenses. He didn't really want Perry overexposed. He felt comfortable exposing Perry to the Virginia tech defense, which I think says a monstrous amount. And it sets up a really weird, you're talking about anxiety. You've got Virginia, Virginia tech, 
this coming week. Number one, Virginia is supposed to win that game, which has to give everybody in Charlottesville massive anxiety because this isn't usually how it works. And number two, if Virginia Tech wins, they're going to flip around and play Marshall the week after that to try to get to a bowl, and they might lose that game too. Uh, we'll skip number 24 uh, yep. because that is Oklahoma State. We'll talk about them in a second. We'll go over, hey, my gosh, look at the saltiness from Missouri's quarterback. Look at the saltiness from Missouri on offense. Um, Derek Dooley something revenge. for Derek Dooley. Wow. Derek Dooley waited a long time to get revenge on Tennessee. Now that was, it was, I mean, this is two straight blowout wins on the road against, uh, you know, nineties powers, at least uh, for, for Missouri here. Um, but just a really nice, like, you know, they, they gave up a couple of big pass plays. Uh, Chris comes in early in the game because, um, uh, my goodness, I just completely, uh, bye, 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 bye. Wow. Okay. Um, you all right? no, I just pulled up the box score and, all wow okay the box score is from last year's alamo bowl or uh, texas bowl i'm trying to remember guarantano's name and sam aylinger's name is staring back at me and i got all sorts of confused anyway guarantano got hurt early chris comes in has has a pretty deep ball uses it a few times and it works but missouri got a couple turnovers uh they just they they were the craftier team and they were the uh the stronger team and they are a top 25 team i don't have any doubt about that right now uh, and they have a chance to finish eight and four against Arkansas. Uh, number 22, Utah State, they uh, essentially Ooh. survived because Colorado State had a game-winning touchdown that was wiped out by penalty. Um, it wasn't a great game for Utah State and that they let an inferior team hang around. Um, by the hey. way, do you like Mike Bobo going uh, t-shirt, just, just t-shirt in the snow? I mean, if it worked, that, that would have started a trend. You know, this is an imitation kind of sport right here. So everybody would have had to do that if, if, uh, if Colorado State pulled this off. But no, this was a very much a, uh, the weather's weird. We're ranked. We're happy about that. And oh, crap, this team's actually fighting. What do we do? Um, and they, they were really, really, really lucky to survive. Our very, very disappointing uh, performance. And I mean, they dropped 12 spots. It's hard to drop 12 spots that high. And they pulled it off while still winning, which is uh, unique. Uh, give Texas A&M a lot of credit. They come in at number 21. Uh, they absolutely destroyed any notion of an upset by UAB. And they yeah. did it quickly. They did it uh, convincingly. Yeah, no, good for them. I mean, it was, um, they, they score, they go up immediately, but UAB comes back and ties it at seven. Uh, so you think, okay, sure, maybe. But then like about within about 12 minutes, it's 20, it's 17, seven UAB just stops moving the ball. We knew that was a possibility because they were, they, their starting quarterback early did not play. Um, their backup did okay, but no, they, they, the, the A&M offense did everything it needed to do, uh, eight yards per play against what had been a very good defense. Um, and UAB, UAB plummeted, by the way, they fell 15 spots, uh, almost out of the top 50, but good job on A&M. They are another team that Missouri and A&M both, they played really, really hard schedules. Uh, they've got unimpressive looking seven and four records, but they've done really well to, to win seven. Uh, Washington state, they have a quarterback. Uh, they come in at number 20, they, uh, scored on seven, it was 69, 69 points. Gardner Minshew threw what? Seven, six, seven touchdowns. Yes. Pull the box score up seven touchdowns. Uh, they destroyed a bad Arizona team. Yeah, this was, I, I had to write about this in the weekly rankings post this morning because they were, uh, Washington state actually went down in S and P. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Um, basically their offense went up 
for, for, of course, because they, you know, destroyed Arizona's defense, their defense went down a little bit because they because Khalil Tate passed better than anybody really should have expected Khalil Tate to pass. They had a couple big, they had like three or four 30 plus yard plays and all that stuff. Um, but they, uh, went down Washington state did because, uh, of special teams, their puncher had a bad day, iffy day on three kicks and they missed a 27 yard field goal, which is a high value. You're not supposed to miss those. And so that little bitty thing, and because every, all of these teams we're talking about are basically bunched really, 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 really close together in the, in the ratings, that was all it took for them to drop a few spots. It was crazy, but um, they're still right there. I mean, this is, uh, we, we knew it was going to be a, a coin toss for this coming week, no matter what S&P said, and we'll have to talk about the Apple Cup here uh, today. Um, Wisconsin had to go to uh, multiple overtimes to beat Purdue. They come in at number 19, but um, that basically allowed them to have both a, a very un Wisconsin type of day, but a very good Wisconsin finish because Jonathan Taylor just basically yeah. it was a hammer and a nail over and over again. Um, this has not been a good season for Scotty, but they, they were very Wisconsin in this game. Yeah, their defense has been uh, more disappointing than we would have expected. Uh, they don't have much of a pass rush uh, this year. And Jack Cohn has, was just terrible his first couple of games in, in subbing in for Hornybrook. But he was fine. He went amazing yesterday, but he was fine. And that was enough because Taylor took, a, took the rest 321 yards, uh, including an 80-yarder and a couple big runs in overtime. It was a very, very Wisconsin performance just because of that. Um, okay, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Yeah, I didn't call this on our podcast. I did do a couple radio spots, and I know uh, I called this on my buddy Ben Show in Shreveport when I was doing radio late in the week. I said, you know what? This just it it just feels right. Um, this is an Oklahoma State team that's completely inconsistent week to week, sometimes for its betterment, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, West Virginia was blowing them out at one point, and then Oklahoma State scored thirty one. They scored them in the outscored them in the second half, thirty one to ten. Yeah. Um, it was a very big 12 game, but, uh, I feel, I felt good about identifying this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, West Virginia comes out, loses a fumble, uh, like, uh, well, OSU scores, then West Virginia loses a fumble. Then OSU kicks a field goal in the third quarter there. Um, and so, yeah, you're like, all right, here we go. But that power to OSU because they turned around and they lost a fumble. They muffed a punt. Um, and, and set West Virginia to go back up 10, uh, West Virginia went back up 10 a couple of times in the fourth quarter, but they just kept, once they found a rhythm on offense, they, it never stopped. And, and that was a really bad letdown for West Virginia. Their offense only blinked for a second, but their defense was horrible in the second half. Um, and, and Taylor Cornelius, by the way, Taylor Cornelius, former walk-on Taylor Cornelius for Oklahoma state, uh, is the quarterback of the number four offense per S and P plus right now. They have barely missed a beat. Any problems they've had this year have been on, well, in terms of inconsistency, like the 12 pointer against Kansas state, but also just the offense the defense still has not gotten it together. Offense has barely been. Yeah. That's really impressive. Uh, what's We'll run through these these three teams real fast. Um, so 17, 18, and 16 in this in this order ascending. Florida, LSU, and Auburn. We used to have a policy on this show that we would not even do the segment if they play, if it was an FCS blowout. Mm. Not much basically to say about any of these games. I know Rice is not an FCS team, by the way. And neither um, is Liberty, but they kind of looked it. Right. Idaho just became an FCS team. I don't know what you can add about or, or say about any of these teams. I will just say anecdotally I was watching in a public place in the suburbs of New Orleans this LSU game and they were up somewhere in the 20s or 30s in complete control of the game in every aspect and I was leaving the bathroom of the bar of this restaurant and like I hear somebody just screaming 
do something when they were on special teams as <laughs> if like there was anything to be indignant or worried about at all in, in LSU's case, but um, such is fandom, I guess yeah. I should say. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yeah, no, all three. Um, I mean, the yeah, one I, thing you, I, unless you have anything to add. Well, no, the one thing you can say about all three of these teams is they very much handle their business. Other teams didn't, but they, they basically took advantage of the fact that there was a weak opponent ahead and they took out some, maybe, maybe some frustrations for previous weeks or something, but they all looked good against vastly inferior competition. Um, guess who didn't look good in a win? <laughs> well, the defense looked fine. Look, even, e- hey, even over the phone, I'm still the king of the segue. Don't you forget it. Number 14, uh, Penn State. They, yep. uh, they actually dropped one with a win because it wasn't a great win. It was 20-7 to 7 over Rutgers, and it was, uh, it was gross. It, yeah, was, they- it was very gross. They got Rutgers all over them. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was gross that like I, you know, uh, McSorley was very, very inaccurate. The run game didn't work quite like you thought it would against Rutgers defense was, was fine. I mean, granted if Rutgers completes that trick play, this game gets a little weird late, um, instead of dropping the sure touchdown on fourth down and goal, but, uh, you, it was still, it was never like in danger. You assume Penn state would have done what it needed to do, but they were not all that impressive. And, and I mean, Hey, save it for Maryland this coming week, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess we should use the same FCS rule to apply to Georgia state because they have become really, really, really bad again. Yeah. Uh, App state comes in at, uh, App state comes in at 13. They climb a spot. Uh, they, they beat the crap out of uh, Georgia state. I don't know how much I can say about that. Um, so if you want to, we can move on to, uh, Hey, there's Utah. Yeah. Well, there's I Utah. Out, there's- the one thing I'll point out about App state, uh, the little, the poetry of them now eking ahead of Penn state, uh, you know, after that week one game between the two of them, that's kind of fun. Anyway, yes, Utah. Um, they team. started slow in this game. They they they, they started slowly end up blowing out Colorado. Uh, obviously, Mike McIntyre was just fired today, which is sort of a formality. Had been in the works for a while. Um, this Utah team is good. This Utah team has worked through injury. Um, this Utah team, I think, is is by far the best team in the Pac-12 South, which yes. isn't saying a ton, but it's saying something. <laughs> well, I mean, an S and P suggests like. You know, they, I mean, they, they had to work really hard to win their division because of some earlier slip-ups. But, it, I mean, number 12 overall, that, that's going to be the best in the Pac-12 South a decent amount of the time. Um, but it, it is amazing to me, by the way, that you know, with this the Pac-12 championship, the Pac-12 South has, has existed for eight seasons and all six teams have already now won at least one division title. Uh, that is so hard to pull off, especially when Utah has probably been about the third best program year to year, maybe second best year to year. And they were the last ones to actually do it, but no good for them. They really, they laid the hammer down after, uh, you know, a kind of an awkward start. Their defense couldn't get off the field very much and their offense wasn't doing a whole lot, but they just took their time and with their, with their backup quarterback and their backup running back, uh, and did everything they needed to do. Um, not much to say about Mississippi State coming in. Um, they jumped. Can you explain the jump? Because they were slow. They were a little kind of sluggish and boring against Arkansas. They ended up blowing them out, but they jumped a huge, they jumped eight spots. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest, two, two reasons about it. Number one, I mean, they ended up, it did take them a little time to get going. What was it? Three, nothing after the first quarter or something like that. Um, it took them. Yeah, a it was long. an ugly game. Huh? I said, I said it was a very ugly game. Yeah. I watched the first half. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was close for a, a little bit, but basically, um, they, they, they dominated Arkansas in a way that nobody else has. I mean, 219 total yards, they, they ended up, you know, still they, well, they ended up actually passing 12 for 18, uh, which is not something Fitzgerald and Thompson necessarily do all that often complete two thirds of their passes, but they just, it all worked after a couple of early misfires, everything worked. And then the other thing, like what I was saying about, um, teams being really closely bunched together, number 11, Mississippi state is at plus 15.1 in terms of adjusted points per play their S&P plus rating is plus 15.1 number 23 Missouri is plus 12.8 two and a half 2.3 points behind and 12 spots behind and now you I mean you look ahead Mississippi State's what two and 2.3 points ahead of number 23 they're also 2.8 points behind number eight, like the, the, that, that whole cluster of teams is so close together. It could have really ended up with in, in any sort of order. I mean, like I said, Washington state fell to or four spots or whatever, because their kicker missed a 27 yard field goal. That's how close those teams are right now. Uh, moving on to number 10, Washington, they beat up on Oregon state. Not a lot to say about the game. Yeah. Maybe the lay motif of the countdown today, <laughs> but um, Washington has look Washington eight and three. Everybody that we talk to, especially our buddy Brian Floyd, who's a big Wazoo fan, is mortified about what you know yeah. the, what the Apple Cup could be. There's absolutely no reason I think Washington couldn't come in and win the Apple Cup, and maybe even maybe even really win the Apple Cup. Even yeah. though, well, Wazoo is the better team right now, but this Washington team can, when it wants to be like functional, they can be very dangerous. No, no. I mean, Mike Leach has been there since 2012. The first year that he played against Washington. Um, they scored 31 points, but that Chris Peterson wasn't there yet. Since 2013, they've scored 17, 13, 10, uh, 17, and 14. And so, like, if that's all you're going to score, Washington's going to beat you. Washington's offense is not as good as it should be. You know, it has been kind of disappointing. It's very conservative. It has its dry spells. But they're still probably going to get to 20 points on you. So Washington State has to figure out how to score on a Chris Peterson defense for the first time. Uh, and if it's not going to happen this year, it probably isn't going to happen, but you figure if, if mojo and confidence and all those things that coaches probably talk about way too much are worth anything. And there were something, uh, this is still a game that Washington state has to feel pretty good about it. Even if it's fans are absolutely mortified right now. Uh, moving on. Congratulations to Fresno state. They, uh, will be in the mountain West conference championship game. They beat San Diego state. Yep. Um, they, by the way, Washington, damn. Washington was the last team on this countdown to move. The top nine remained exactly okay. the same. This year sucks, by the way, just, just say <laughs> anyway, finally, 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 you come around to my thinking. Um, let's see. So Fresno state, congrats to them again. Yep. Not much to say. We love them. We always, I always feel like we're apologizing. We're just saying, Hey, they're playing really good defense. You're not watching them. Um, okay. Ohio state, um, probably the most interesting team to talk about on, on this countdown. Uh, they, man, um, they're not good. They're not as good as they're, they're not as good as their rankings. They're not as good as their ratings. They have these moments where they just completely fall apart. It's almost like you're bored playing a video game and you just let the, you let the computer or one of your friends run it up on you just to see if you can come back. That's how it felt against Maryland because the talent disparity is so gross. When you talk about those two programs on the field where, Ohio state's bigger, faster, but then just also like dumber for entire stretches of like entire quarters. Um, their first touchdown was a great example of that when they finally just woke up and, and threw it was like a Haskins threw like a 50 yard touchdown pass on the first or second play of their drive. Like 
I don't know what the hell this team's about. I mean, they, they could either come in and do to Michigan what they've been doing all these years, or they can completely get whacked. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, so I think for tomorrow, I believe I'm going to be writing a piece, like looking at the Ohio state side of the, of the Michigan game, basically saying like, okay, what do they have to do here? Where, where can they find advantages? What do they have to fix and all that? Um, so I've been trying on the, it's not as bad as it should, as it could be for Ohio state hats. Uh, even though their their head coach just straight up looked in pain and it was started to become very uncomfortable with the camera constantly showing him on the sidelines yesterday. Um, the, the way I can frame it for uh, Ohio State is they basically had three bad defensive plays. There were three hilariously horrible defensive plays. 75-yard, um, sorry, 81-yard run from McFarland, 75-yard run from McFarland, and I think a 50, I think a 52-yard run later in the game. So three horrible plays that were worth about 200-something yards. Uh, the rest of the game, you were looking at basically like 59 snaps for like 335 yards, a little more than five per play. Not, that, not great, but not horrible. And OSU's offense really was like – and then Maryland also scored on a pick six. So like that, it took all of that for them to even go to overtime. Now, if you watch the game, you know they, they also needed to get really, really lucky with Maryland just completely whiffing on a two-point conversion pass uh, to, to, to win the game. But they did. I mean, like when they didn't get in their own way, like their last, what is this, eight, 11 possessions of the game, touchdown, touchdown, turnover, turnover, touchdown, turnover, punt, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Um, they really, their offense still is very, very good. It's inconsistent. They don't run the ball as well as they should, but their passing game is awesome to the point where even with that horrible run game, they're fifth in offensive S&P plus. It's just that defense, they, they don't have gl- glitches. They have absolute catastrophes and you figure Michigan's going to be able to take advantage of that at least a couple times. Uh, moving on, Central Florida, they're just, they're just better than everyone else in, the, in, in their conference. <laughs> and they have to sort of turn around and have to turn around and prop up the quality of the conference where I really like Cincinnati. Obviously, we talked about them being ahead of schedule and overachieving. They're not deep. Um, they're not as good as Central Florida. They're just not as athletic either, and that definitely showed on Saturday night. But uh, good on everybody. I mean, good on Central Florida for keeping their streak alive. They obviously maintain they get to continue to push that conversation another week. But then the other thing is they're just way, way better than everyone else in that conference right now. Yeah. I felt bad for Cincinnati because everything broke exactly like they needed it too early in the game. They get the sack of Milton. They were, they were covered for the ball for a touchdown. They get the ball back and they get a 38 yard field goal. Or no, they miss the PAT after the touchdown. They get the ball back. They they force a three and out. They go down and get a 38-yard field goal and miss it. <laughs> UCF go, drives and scores, but they get another chance at a field goal and it's blocked in return for an easy score. And at that point, you just at that point, Cincinnati wilted. Their defense is still good. Um, it still played pretty hard. I mean, hell, they they held UCF to 402 yards. That's not nothing. Um, but their offense just was, was hopeless after that. They generated some scoring chances. They got six points out of it when they should have gotten like 17 or something. And it was just over at that point. Um, everybody's waiting for us to say nice things about Notre Dame. Um, <sighs> where do we start? Yeah. Where do we start? Yeah, uh, the uniforms look gross, but everything else <sighs> is, I mean, they're a playoff team. I'm, I'm sold. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think they, with them running the table, I, there's no way politically that they would be left out no, no matter no, what, no. no matter what shakes out they're getting in. Um, I, I think, I think the goal now for them is to just make sure that you're not fourth, just get away from Alabama in that first <laughs> round. Yeah. This is a, this is a better team than I give them credit for. Um, they, I get, they're better on defense than I give them credit for too. I didn't get to see a ton of this game, but from the drives I saw, I was, 
impressed with the way they played on defense. I sort of had an, I assume they would play well on offense, but um, yeah, they, they humbled Syracuse. Yeah, no, they, they made this a not game very quickly um, and, and good for them. Look, I, I think they're probably okay in terms of the, the three versus four thing, because even if Michigan, like assuming they, they handle USC pretty easily and that's, you know, it's a rivalry game, weird stuff happens, but what you have to count on weird stuff. If you're going to say that USC is going to beat Notre Dame. Um, but you know, otherwise you're looking at a situation where you finish 12 and zero. Michigan. Now, uh, even if they blow out Ohio state and blow out Northwestern, uh, that you still end up having to like willfully say, okay, well, we could bump them over the one team that beat them. Like that would be a hard sell, I think, for the committee. Um, and so I would bet that we are kind of staring at Clemson, Notre Dame, two, three. Uh, and by the way, I mean, good for Notre Dame for leaning into the, into the gross villain thing too. I mean, might as well become cartoon villains. It's a, it's, it's a brand. It's a way to create a brand. Cause those, that was just everything about those jerseys and the, and the Yankee thing behind it was just, gross horrible like i i viscerally just like i kind of retched it was so bad and and yet they went out and they played with the swagger of a villain so good for them i guess yeah i think it, i think it, it, it it's it's good for this season that they get to carry this amount of hype and this amount of tension and and honestly a national fan base that doesn't have a lot of crossover interest in its own sport a lot of people are Notre Dame fans who aren't college football fans, right. but I'm not being insulting when I say that. So yeah. I think, it, I think it's strong. Um, at this point, look, I mean, all jokes and memes aside, this is a good football team. Um, just don't do what you can not to, not to be the four. I think that's what everybody's fight <laughs> is. So along those lines, cause yeah. there's not a ton left. It's super interesting. Let's just say this. So obviously number one, Alabama, number two, Clemson, number three, Georgia, then you have Michigan, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Now, we, of course, are a fait accompli about the G5's chances in the playoffs, so yeah. we won't mention Central Florida here. They can take that as a slight and burn me an effigy on Twitter. Um, Georgia and Alabama, of course, will take care of themselves, which means that Alabama is going to beat Georgia by 17, I, I about, 20 points. I was about to say, nothing takes care of itself if Georgia pulls an upset. But And I get, look, yeah, Alabama is not as good as they were a month ago. They've got some things to figure out. Uh, maybe they figure them out against uh-huh. Auburn and everything's fine, but they do have some things to figure call out. Call me, yeah, call me supremely confident that that won't be an issue. <laughs> so at this point, um, it's pretty clear. I mean, I think Oklahoma actually probably has the toughest test left. Yes. yes. Um, they could still feasibly see what West Virginia and still West Virginia. Uh, no, it's Texas. Now, if, as long as Texas beats Kansas, Texas is in because West Virginia lost. Right. So, so Kansas, Kansas has to beat Texas for West Virginia. And then, I mean, look, it's going to be Oklahoma is the shakiest. I think Oklahoma looked shaky at points last night. Um, I can't say I'm not sold on Michigan because I'm sold on Michigan, but Ohio state, again, there's enough volatility on the positive side. Like I said, inconsistent, but still explosive and good, but just also really bad. So (laughs) potentially Ohio state has a better chance there. I know I'm contradicting myself here. Clemson's going to be fine against South Carolina. I think Alabama is going to be totally fine against Georgia. You know, Georgia may get bumped out of the sugar bowl because they lost. So, um, Oh, I'm sorry, they lost to LSU, who's vying desperately for that Sugar Bowl. Um, it, we feel really good that it's going to be one Alabama, two Clemson. Yeah. I don't know if S&P has anything that can like predict necessarily what's going to happen, but... Not in terms of seeding. 
is there a right way to pick three, four out of this? Well, match? I, mean, I think Notre Dame's three, if they win their three, like that's, I, I don't see much of a controversy there. The, it just comes down to the four. Like if Georgia does upset Alabama, weird stuff could happen. I mean, I, I still don't think Alabama's out, um, but you figure they fall to three or something and Georgia gets the four, maybe Georgia gets the three or whatever. Um, but the, if, if assuming Alabama does beat Auburn and Georgia, um, then you are looking at a situation where if like Michigan has to lose for Oklahoma to get a shot. I do think it's that simple though. I mean, it, it is like Notre Dame, if Notre Dame loses to USC, things could get odd uh, because that's a bad loss, <laughs> but um but Michigan is is in if they win out. If if Michigan slips up, Oklahoma's next in line. If Oklahoma slips up, I don't really know what happens at that point. But um, like we need, I think the order of succession here is very very clear. It's like outside of Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia's next in line simply because they could beat Alabama. Um, and assuming they don't, Michigan's next in line. If they and if they slip up, Oklahoma's next in line, and and it seems pretty clean in that regard. Um. Has anyone noticed that Clemson Notre Dame that we would have we would have two ACC teams in in one playoff matchup? That's right, two SEC. That was my sexy that was my sexy timer right there. Um, that's right, yeah, that's right, Danny Cannell. Well, well done. Two ACC teams, big big upset, big the uh, best best conference in the league uh, in college football, if you ask me. Man. We really shouldn't have just made that joke. We need to kind of hide that, then put it out as a meme, right? Right, and like in two weeks when we do playoff stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, I doubt anybody will pick up. No one's going to pick up on that, but it's still funny. All right, Bill. Uh, we will discuss all of this again. Programming note: We're only going to do one show this week, so show. the recap shows, also the preview shows, also the Thanksgiving show. So we love you all. We'll see you this week. Yep.